We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another edition of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in. Whether it's the audio side, the video side, I appreciate you all. Uh, today is Tuesday when this drops anyway, July 11th. Been a minute since I've actually had an episode. Took last week off, kind of recharged the batteries a little bit. Haven't talked Sabres since the draft and free agency started. Was waiting for the right guest. And of course, I do have him today. It's been a minute since he's been on this podcast, though. Good friend. Friend of this podcast, friend of mine, writer, sports media personality, Joe Yurden, man. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Doing good, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I'll take the heat for some of that. Uh, things have been a little bit busy, you know. Plus, uh, oh sure, hop, hopping in the car, driving to and from Nashville with with a couple sure. of all their pals here. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's hockey season's funny because it goes from zero to a, a thousand miles an hour at the flip of a switch and then it goes right back to zero. Yeah. <laughs> we're kind of at that zero, but today yeah. we're going to spend a little bit of time because again, on this show, at least anyway, I haven't talked much hockey. You know what it is, Joe, with this podcast, say, as opposed to maintenance day that you do alongside uh, Lance Lazowski mm-hmm. of the Buffalo news, you're just, you're in hockey mode all the time. And I feel like most of the people who listen to you or who subscribe to your noted hockey, they're hockey fans. And there's a lot of hockey fans, don't get me wrong, who are listening to this. But I, I still feel like the majority are Buffalo Bills fans. Yeah. And some fans are fans of both teams, very much so. But I feel like there's a lot of hardcore Bills fans who are more casual Sabre fans who might hear the names a little bit that are, mm-hmm. you know, when the Sabres sign somebody or or the draft, again, both of which we'll talk about here in, in just a few. But they don't really know much about these players at all. So that's why I, I like having someone like you on who could kind of, you know, it's like, talk to me about this guy or this kid like we're in fifth grade. <laughs> I mean, it's got a, that's the casual Sabres fan, which to be fair to some extent, at least anyway, I am as well. But anyway, it, it is definitely good to have you uh, back on the podcast. You've been really busy. Like I said, the, you yeah. know, the season covering the season, free agency, the draft, 
also following the Rochester Amherst, who went pretty deep in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while, man. You've been busy. Actually, since the end of May, since I had you on this podcast last, we yeah. did a Kyle Lock Postal uh, appreciation episode. And um, right. yeah, that that was fun. Like I said, yeah. you, you've been a busy man, been killing it too, by the way. You've been crushing it. Uh, I've Thanks. been enjoying Noted Hockey. I've been enjoying your work on Bleacher Report, enjoying the podcast, enjoying your radio hits. In fact, you just did one <laughs> in Rochester before you uh, jumped on for this taping. So it's uh, it's good, like I said, good to have you and, and see you and listen to you again on, on this uh this podcast. I took a week off. You know, I um did yeah. do a show last week, a holiday week. You haven't really had much of an opportunity to take any break. Now you're going to get a little bit more downtime for a little bit anyway. Um, mm. You know this, Joe, from just from writing and, and doing hits and, and podcasts and all this other stuff. It's good sometimes to just take a take a, a couple days or maybe even a week and just kind of mm -hmm. recharge a little bit. You know, kind of that's where I was last week. I Yes, I completely understand the need to uh to kind of step back for for a little bit breathe you know just kind of let it you know because it can doing the, like you know we're content providers i guess that's yeah weird. it's a weird way to put it i guess but um there it's it's a lot of it a lot of it is kind of non-stop because if you're not doing something actively like if you know for you if you're not podcasting or doing a video or whatever you're thinking about like okay what am i going to do next right and writing wise i mean it's just, it's the same thing for writing it's like okay well you know what am i going to do now because now i'm looking at the calendar and it's july 10th and i'm like uh, all right <laughs> i got a couple months to kill here so like you know what the heck am i going to do so uh because you, you can't you can stop you can and i think people understand if you like especially for us like you know, once the uh, once the Darlene extension gets announced, it's kind of like, all right, everybody, we'll see in September. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that's it's basically what it's going to end up being like. But you know, sometimes you just need to breathe for a little bit. And yeah, like the Amherst season going as long as it did, which is good thing. Like that's a great thing. Um, and then that going right into uh, like the start of the Stanley Cup final. So like, I was doing a ton of stuff for Bleacher Report for that, and then that got over, and it was like, okay, we've got a week maybe you know week and a half to prepare for the draft in nashville and like that's a that was a whole thing of like you know arranging you know how you know how we're gonna do the drive how we're gonna you know where we're staying or, sure. or, so and then uh you know then you do the draft like you're basically losing like two days total when you drive to nashville like because you can do it in one day it's 11 hours but like it's a it's a shitty eleven hours. Like it's just it's it's all like all north to south of Ohio, and then you know you're cutting through Kentucky and into Tennessee. So it's yeah. it's a lot. But uh, but yeah, usually it's uh it's it's a nonstop business, man. But it's uh when you when you tell everybody like, hey, give me a week, we'll be back. And then I I, I think I think most people understand. Yeah, they do. And look, there's a you know it's funny by the way. Side story: we haven't done. Look, you've been on this show, God, I don't even, dozens and dozens and dozens of times since mm -hmm. we last, remember we used to do our starting five drafts, which oh, was yeah. so much fun to this very day, at least once a week, somebody will say something to me when I put <laughs> some kind of power ranking up or something, they will refer to our draft. And usually <laughs> it's about you kicking my ass in them because I mean, you did, you did give me a lot of ass whoopings in uh yeah. in that draft. But of all the segments I've done, I swear to God, dude, to this day, that is probably still one that resonates the most with regular listeners and watchers um, of this show. It's pretty amazing. And, you know, there's no show. It's 
everybody's different. Every mindset is different. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. No, I know some people, their school of thought is whether when it comes to content, whether it's podcasting or vidcasting or writing or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. they, they preach consistency. Holidays never take time off and just constantly go. Even you got to push yourself through. And, and then, and, and I get that. I just, I feel like taking a break every now and then is a little bit healthy for, for, for everybody. It's certainly healthy for me as the content provider. It's healthy. Maybe, you know, if you, if you start forcing stuff and doing things just to do them, I think you lose a little bit of that quality, you know, that yeah. goes into a show yeah. or you would know this, you know, when it goes into, yeah. when you're writing an article, it's like, Oh, I got to get one out. I got to do one just to do one. I'm not really feeling this, but I'm going to put it out anyway. Right. You know, I, I, I feel like fans kind of see through that, you know? So sometimes I think it's just, uh, it's good to take that break, man. Recharge a yeah, little bit. That's that's kind of the mindset that I always have with things because I'll I'll feel bad about like not, you know, pumping something out like constantly, just giving something something for everybody to read like once a day, and then I'm thinking like, well, I, I can do that, but how much of, how good is that going to be if I you know five you know five days in a row and just put something out there just to put it out, right? How, how good is it going to be? It's a it's sure. like you can. It's easy to sit back and, you know, if you're somebody that doesn't do it, easy to sit back and be like, well, I don't see what the big deal is. What's, uh, why don't you just do it? That's your job, idiot. Like, right. I get it. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I apply it to your own job. How many, you know, do you go in and do your own job, you know, 100% balls to the wall every time? No, mm -hmm. nobody does that. So, you know, sometimes you just want the, the quality of what you're doing to stand out more sure. than it is just volume. I mean, it's hard though, because like if you, go away for like, you know, for just a, even a little bit of time, people just kind of, you, you, you fall out of yes out of view and people forget about you a little bit, sure. which I got to learn about that for, you know, uh, when I came busting back onto the scene this season. So, sure. you know, got, you know, it's, it stinks, but like sometimes, you know, you know, for me, it was life got in the way and, uh, you know, other things, but, <laughs> um, but like, once you get back, once you get back into it, it's like, Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. This is the way it goes. But I mean, like this whole year, man, it felt like, it felt like I was like, a little bit uncomfortable in my own skin a little bit. Cause I was just like, man, I'm, I'm back doing this. Then it's like, wow, am I really doing this? Like, you're just doing like having that conversation right. every day. And then, uh, you know, you know, things being different with the team and everything like that's, it's a huge change. And it, trust me when i say this it's been a huge positive change sure as far as covering the team goes it's been a, a miraculous change as far as i'm concerned but um but it's still like you know you, you spend so many years and then you got you know you're like basically out of it for a year and a half kind of you know yeah. you spend so many years in like a kind of not helpful situation kind of like you're fighting you're swimming upstream all the time and now it's kind of right. like oh Oh no, this, it doesn't have to be that way. We're, we're getting to see how good it can be on the other side. It's well, nice. as, as somebody, you know, who, who, someone I, I consider a really good friend over the past handful of years and somebody, you know, who was doing a lot and, and then things fell off for you and it, it was a shitty time. And then mm -hmm. to come back this year and do what you're doing now, it's been a lot of, forget the professional side and the personal side. It's really cool for me to, to see you thriving again like this so that's really cool and look we're again we're going to talk some sabers talk a little bit of bills today I got a couple fun things that i want to get into before that though I, look i'd be remiss real quick joe i i, I gotta mm -hmm. say um i don't know how much you follow um twitter lately again i know how busy you've been and this is not mm -hmm. really anything to do with hockey this is on a more the bill side but an eight-year-old kid um eddie merrick who, who's just he was born with a heart defect and 
he's been fighting his whole life. Eddie's infantry, um, kid, eight years old, lost his life. Um, last week, Bill's mafia, just, you know, there's a lot of things that we could criticize about fans and Twitter and social media, stuff mm-hmm. like that, dude. But I, I just want to say real quick, man, and then we'll move on. And this will be a fun show. It's not going to be no somber yeah. episode today. I didn't get Joe on after all this time to, to be somber for the next hour or so. But I, I, I do, I just want to say, man, it was, um, for people, and I know a lot of people who are watching and listening do know who this kid is um, through social media primarily. Just devastating, heartbreaking, eight years old. Um, his father, Nick, um, somebody that I befriended over the last couple of years on Twitter, very open, very open uh, about the journey, constantly putting up photos and, and videos um, of this young, brave kid. And to see somebody lose their life at freaking uh eight years old man it's just it's a tough pill to swallow big bills fan um just i don't know man don't really have a lot to say about it again it's just my thoughts and uh you know my my, my prayers go out to the this kid and, and, and to his father and to uh family man sucks sucks you, yeah. you see this shit happen joe um <laughs> let me ask you this because we've all we've since the the birth of social media um We've all lost somebody close to us, you know, your case, obviously, uh, lost a parent, you know, over the past year or so, um, everybody handles things differently. You know, there's no right or wrong way to grieve. People grieve how they grieve. Um, one thing, and I'm sure you didn't see this, well, I'm not sure, but pretty sure you didn't. Um, again the father just throwing up pictures and videos and that's how he wants to remember his his son you know 99 and a half percent of people are loving it you know keep them coming man whatever's going to help you feel better one piece of shit uh, i'm not going to even mention the guy's name but one guy pretty much said um um, i'm paraphrasing a little bit but get off twitter stop putting up you know this is not how you mourn your your loss um just fucking a shitty way to to treat somebody who's going through a hard time. We all go through things, Joe. You did. I have. Um, there's no right or wrong way to grieve, right, man? People are just gonna do things the way they it makes them cope. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. You handle it the way. I mean, uh, it's not something you're ever ready for. Um, and you don't know really what to do. Like you're just kind of lost. Um, sure. Like, you know, I, I know, you know, for me, it's, I, I still struggle with it. Like it's, it's doesn't go away. You know, it's, it's not something that leaves you, especially, you know, it's somebody close to you like that. It's, uh, it's really difficult. And I think uh, it, it's very hard to fall into bad ways um, when you're feeling that way. Cause it's, it's depression times a zillion you know and it hits you like a truck all at once and you don't like trying to get a handle on that is so hard it's so hard and it's it's not really something you can do right by yourself i mean everybody tries to just kind of deal with it on their own um because yeah well i mean i know some people if some people handle it very outwardly some people handle it you know they keep to themselves that's me i i basically shut it down for yeah, I, I don't even know how long. Like it, it was, it was just way too long. So, um, and like if you asked me to remember anything that was going on at that time, pff, I no freaking idea, no right. no clue. You you could have told me I was, you know, I I did anything, I'd be like maybe I don't know, could have happened. I, so I 
I, I don't know, dude. Like it's 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 all like a, a a mental blackout because you're just you know you're you're in such a bad way and you feel so upset. I, I'm using upset in the general term because you, people handle it by being sad or being mad or or whatever. Right. Um, but I mean. It, to be, you know, I mean, listen, Twitter is an awful place. <laughs> it's an awful, awful place where people just go on and say whatever the hell they want to say. And they don't And care. they get seen. That's the part, Joe. They get seen. Yeah. You know, they say something awful and they get seen. And it's edge gets brought to it like I just did like an idiot, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's just it it it's so easy to just be that that guy and just show up and be like, oh, knock it off, dude. What, what's the big deal? Like, well, the big deal is I lost somebody. That's the big yeah. deal and go fuck yourself. Like that's, right. that's, that's, that's the only answer you need to give to somebody like that, because that's whether it's some like kind of morbid joke or they're actually totally serious about saying something like that. That's an awful person that doesn't understand life. So let them go be miserable some somewhere else and get them out of your mentions, get them out, get them out of your timeline, block them, just, you know, Tell them to go away. Like that's yeah. the don't tell them to go away, but just make them go away because there's no need to see and put up with people that say things like that. It's just that's awful. It it, it is. It, it's terrible. But you know what, Joe? Is rather than spend time and highlight one asshole, um, in this case, and I agree with you a lot, man. Twitter could be such a not just Twitter, all social media could just yeah. be such a, a cesspool at times. But oh, mm -hmm. you know, I just I I want to say with this kid, um, he felt love from from fans from bills fans they were like in the midst because this he's been sick for a long time but this really progressed quickly and ultimately mm -hmm. sadly passed away but bills fans they raised twenty thousand dollars doing some kind of raffles and guys players are giving away jerseys and stuff like that daryl tally they were having a raffle they did have a raffle where uh daryl tally and his wife janine were gonna facetime the winner you know what i mean there was just all nice. kinds of little things going on to raffle so just wanted to to give a shout out and, you know, let his father who I know listens to this podcast. I don't know if he is right now, but he listens to the show. He's told me that many times. Um, you know, a lot of people are, are thinking of him and, and sending love to, to him and, and his entire family. But anyway, all right, let's, let's move on. Let's get into a, let's get into a happier place today, man. I, again, it's good to have you back on the show. Um, you've Tough been to segue out of that one, Pat. I'm not going to lie. Is, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, there is no easy segue, but I do want to, I want to switch gears and, and talk about things uh, in a little more happier tone here. Um, this weekend, now I didn't go, so you have to tell me a little bit about it. Um, okay. Case of Buffalo was this weekend. Mm -hmm. I know you were there. We talked uh, a little bit yesterday before uh, yep. we're taping here today. You told me about uh, some wings too that I was like, "Boy, I never had yeah. them." And you said they were pretty good, man. So what's up? Well, I was tasting Buffalo. What wings are you talking about? Well, I, I'll be honest. I, I reached out to you uh, because I thought I thought the, the place that was that had a that you know that had a tent there and they were offering wings was the was the place that is like the worst ranked on your list. Yes. Because <laughs> the name the name was close enough, close. and I'm so brain broken from life <laughs> that I just couldn't like I was like, is that the place Pat hates? And I was telling my buddy. Tell my buddy Justin, I was, I was like, I think that's the place Pat hates. I was like, if these are as bad as he says, I was like, we got to spend some tickets on this because I, I got to, I got to know. I mean, if it, and if I'm spending like four tickets for garbage ass wings, I don't care. Fine, take them. Like, take. I want to, I want that experience. Turns out it was not the same place. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not the place. What so, was it? Uh, it was uh well the place was the good place is the days park tavern now you can understand why 
I got confused because the place Pat hates is the Glen Park Tavern. Yeah, I hate their wings. Don't hate the place. Don't hate their roast beef on whack. Right. Wings are trash. Yeah. So I'll put a big vote in for the Days Park Tavern, though. Really good. They they had a, uh, what the hell was it? It was like a brisket burger or something like that. Or uh, like, it, it was like a, like a brisket uh something or it was it was looked incredible mm-hmm. um but they had wings and they had uh lemon garlic parmesan wings was their offering and i was like i was like well i you know in my mind thinking like well if these are bad like at least these at least they'll they'll taste good dude this place cooks them perfect like the crispy yeah. they're crispy the i mean lemon pepper garlic's its own like you know its own flavor so like you're, you're getting just a, a face full of of garlic and parmesan in your in your mouth and it's just it's really good they're really good wings and i was i was kind of caught off guard because i was like i was like if this is the place pat hates he's nuts <laughs> like if these are the wings he says are the worst in the city i'm like what is wrong like what, did they like did they like, spit in his food like what, what the hell happened? <laughs> it's, the, it's, I, it's not the same place though so I, full vote full marks full votes for for the days park tavern because Really good wings, and the rest of the food looked dynamite. Looked absolutely great. So, uh, I, I'm it's it's the classic taste of Buffalo thing. Where it's like, oh, what the hell is this place? Never heard of it. And you have something, you're like, all right, we're going. We we gotta go. And you found a new place that you would not have found were it not right. for Taste of Buffalo. That's what I love about those. Now, again, I didn't get a chance to make it uh up there or downtown, I should say this this year. But mm-hmm. that's the best when you go and you discover something um that you didn't know. And look. Food, wings, it's also subjective, right. man. There's so many places where I think these places suck and people are like, oh, I really like these wings. Or then there's other places like, I, I swear to you, Sunny Reds is probably what top five wing place for me. And then some people are like, yeah, they're all right. You know what I mean? It goes both ways. But Days Park Tavern, I had to look it up. I'm looking it up right now as you were talking mm-hmm. about it. It's on Allen Street. Never. I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I mean, I'm kind of out of the loop. my neighborhood, the downtown scene, like, Allentown scene. That's... I, that bothers me. It's right, it's right in my neighborhood. I haven't been there to eat. That's terrible. That's a bad job by me. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to try them now. They're going to be on my list. I do my, like twice a year, I do like my r- wings rankings and uh, I got to get those in before I, uh, before the summer ends. Cause I do a summer fall um, rankings and I, I've never had them, but now that you're yeah. talking about them, we so got to just try them. I, I did have uh, another, I, like, I trust, I don't, I wasn't going to every booth and be like, you got wings. Well, I got to have some wings. Like, I wasn't doing that. Um, but, uh, there's, I always, I like to hit a Caribbean place because I, I'm, and it's, I get the irony, note a jerk. I love jerk chicken. Like it's, <laughs> I love it. I, it's, yeah. it's one of my favorite things. Make it spicy. Great. Make it kind of sweet. Great. Like everything about it. So good. Uh, and there was a place uh, called Caribbean flavor, which I think might be a food truck. Maybe. Hmm. Um, but they were offering jerk wings and I was like, all right, let's go. And it was, I think it was 10 tickets. So that's like six bucks. And they gave you like what? Six wings, five, six wings, something like that. These things were like fall off the bone wings. Like they weren't, they weren't crispy. They, they were not crispy at all. So maybe they, it might not be up your, your alley. I don't think they're supposed to be like wings, wings either. Like these were pretty big. Right. Um, dynamite, absolutely dynamite stuff. That was, yeah, I was, you know, but again, being a jerk and liking jerk is, you know, just kind of you know, weird, <laughs> weird irony because it's just, it is what it is, but love the flavor of them. The wings were good. Just enough, a little bit of, little bit of kick of spice in there. Like it was, it was nice. So yeah. The, but, so that stuck out for me. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other places. Um, 
How's the crowd down there over the weekend? I, I went on Sunday and it was cloudy for like the first part of the yeah. afternoon. So I think people might've been a little spooked out thinking it was going to rain, which mm-hmm. I imagine being down there when it's raining is not a good time. Right. Um, but it, it picked up a little bit as the day went on and the clouds went away and the sun came out. So people started sh- turning out and, and whatnot. It was, it was a good enough crowd where I wasn't like, I got to get out of here. You know, like that when there's so many people and you can't move and it's, you know, everybody's bumping into you. Like, I hate that stuff. I hate it so much. Me too. And when it's like that, I'm like, I, every time I grab food, I just like go duck behind the tent and be like, I'm going to eat on the sidewalk. Get me out of the, get me out of this mess. <laughs> um, but it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. And I'll tell you this, there was a couple of places that had super long lines. They were machines. Uh, the dirty bird food truck. Holy cow, dude. They had a uh, chicken and waffle on a stick, which mm. signed me up, dude, like yeah. all in. And it was great. These folks, man, I love them. That's one of my favorite food trucks in the city. They were cranking it like crazy. Just boom. They're like, have your tickets ready. Be ready to go because we're moving. And because like the line was going like all the way down to like Chippewa. It was, it was nuts because you're seeing the line. You're like, I ain't getting in that. You were in it for maybe a minute, two minutes tops. Yeah, that's awesome. Blowing right through. Um, and there was a bakery that was right across from it. They were doing like cheesecake, like a bunch of different cheesecakes and like giving you like a whole ass slice of cheesecake. And I was like, oh, well, and that line was also long and went a little slower. But like, dude, these cheesecakes look incredible. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> drop dead. Great cheesecake looking like it, it was it was awesome. This is where me not paying attention to like what place it is, unless I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what's this? Is bad. I didn't have the cheesecake. My friends did, but like I was looking at that. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that's something you could get here. Like you're just getting a whole friggin' piece. It was awesome. I uh I I, I wanted to go. I just didn't have a chance. I I did something else on Sunday as well. To your point, I hate the busy crowds. I'm a beer tent guy, like during lawn fake season, but I mm. won't go to the beer tents during peak hours or peak nights because it's just absolutely uh, ridiculous. Saturday, I went to a uh, a close friend had a 50th birthday party, which, by the way, turned into a surprise wedding vowel renewal, oh. which was actually really cool, man. I got to nice. admit that. Shout out to uh, this group. That was a lot of fun. Sunday, so while you were at Taste of Buffalo, I was at Queen of Heaven in West Seneca. What and- is that? Because I've heard of it, I don't. I have no idea. It's what a it is. it's a carnival. It's a lawn. Oh. It's it's the West Seneca. Basically, it's a lawn fade. It's basically the neighborhood carnival. Oh. Um, standard food, nothing like you go to Taste the Buffalo. You're going to get some exquisite food, really cool things to try. This is very standard. You know, all the same stands you'll see like at the Erie County Fair for the most part. All the basic mm-hmm. ones. Um, some rides, which by the way, <laughs> kind of connected into. So I spent the day in the beer tent, of course, yes. and uh, <laughs> it was uh. I like the Sunday pro tip, go to a lawn fade or a beer tent on a Sunday if they have it, because the crowd's so much less, you know, there's still music, but not like the tragically hip or hit and run. So it's not shoulder to shoulder. You don't got to wait 45 minutes to go to the freaking bathroom. Anyway, was at the beer tent for the majority of the day. I have an insane fear of heights and I got talked into going on two rides and I'm fucking was shitting myself one of them which just people are gonna laugh the ferris wheel and it's not like a carnival ferris wheel it's not like the darien lake ferris wheel yeah it's not even that high it doesn't feel very secure either no it's scary man they look like bent and shit so mm-hmm. i was freaking out a little bit but you know i get a couple enough bears in me and 
my friends are going to buy tickets. I'm going to go on the ride with them. And I went on a Tilt-A-Whirl too, which took me like two hours to not be dizzy. His shit was uh, nuts. One little cool thing about uh, the Queen of Heaven. Brian Gables from West Etica, uh, Mm -hmm. former Bills coordinator, New York Giants head coach. And um, he was there Sunday. And I'm telling you, man, I was standing maybe seven feet away from him for Mm -hmm. probably a good 45 minutes at least, maybe even longer. dude. Nobody came up and bothered him. Huh? Nobody, nobody bothered him. Were people um, like pointing and being like, "There's Brett, there's table." Look, maybe a little bit, but because I, this is what I'm saying, because this is West Seneca, where he's from, he just gets treated like one of their own. Not rock star status by any means. You know, people were just he was with his wife and his and, and family members, sure, you know, close people. People just let him be, man. I mean, a couple of people will take a picture here and there because he was he goes there literally every day, um, all three days for Queen <laughs> Avenue. He, he hangs out. He's a West Seneca dude through and through, man. So he's it's, there for the whole weekend. But um, yeah. dude, he's such a super nice guy, man. He could just tell. I mean, again, I, I mean, I've had interactions with him before. I didn't talk to him yesterday again. It's with his family, man. Don't bother the guy. I'm not going right. to sit there and want to ask him questions or tell him that, you know, I have a podcast or blah, 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 blah. I get right. pictures, any of that shit. Just leave the dude alone. Super cool yeah. dude, dude, man. I, if your Detroit Lions can't win the NFC this year, I, I'd be pretty pumped if it would be uh, the New York Giants that did. Brian Davis, super I, I cool. I think dude. you're going to be a Giants fan then, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, you're not going to be able to talk me into they're, they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. You're just not going to. It's impossible, <laughs> impossible for me to accept it. <laughs> impossible. I cannot. I, can't, I cannot wrap my. I'm waiting for Jordan Love to instantly become a top three quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, so that's uh, what I'm waiting for it to happen because it's already happened once. I I, I think the Packers are are more likely to be a team competing for uh, a top five pick next year than I, I hope so. Than they're uh, than they're going to be anything else. Hopefully but anyway, they blow that pick too. <laughs> All right, let's take a real quick break. Come back. We're actually going to talk a little bit of football and especially uh, some Sabres hockey. So be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden. And by the way, go to NotedHockey.com if you haven't already. Five bucks per month, man, 50 bucks per year. Even during the offseason, Joe will find some good stuff to write about. And of course, oh, yeah. lots to be excited about with the Sabres when the season mm-hmm. cranks up soon enough. So get on board with that uh, right now. Like I said, I mean, this was a, a couple of weeks ago now, but um, I haven't talked about it on this show. I haven't had a hockey guy on until mm-hmm. you right now. So I, I guess let me start here, man. Let, let's talk about the draft and primarily Zach Benson. And again, I did hear of this name. I probably knew about five or six names before the draft don't know a lot about the player obviously i'm going to ask you about that here in just a second but he was one of the guys a handful of guys that i had seen going in mocks probably top five to eight Mm -hmm. in most mocks i would say falls of the sabers at 13 um seems to be some legitimate surprise here that he fell to the sabers what are your thoughts on him going to buffalo at 13 and him as a player let's start right there it's uh, it was very surprising. Um, and it's sometimes these things happen in the draft just because you know, I, weird stuff happens. Dra- it, it's it, it's funny how like the major league drafts can mimic fantasy drafts so easily because because everybody, I mean, everybody's got their ideas, they got their boards, they got you know, they got everything ranked out, and then somebody makes a pick a little bit out of the norm ahead of you. Then then it's like, oh, wait a minute. That team grabbed a defenseman. I'm talking about Montreal. Like Montreal grabs uh, Reinbacher, and then suddenly it's like, oh, and then the Coyotes grabbed the defenseman right after him, and it's like, okay, well, that's weird because it's it's not a defense draft by any by any means. Now there are some good guys at the top end of it, and they did go early, but they probably went a little bit earlier than I think just about everybody thought they yeah. were gonna, thought they were going to go. I mean, a lot of mocks did. I I, I think maybe. Most of the mocks, I didn't see a defenseman go until maybe even the Sabers. Like the Sabers at thirteen were like one of the teams where it's like eh, maybe they might take a guy. Yeah, um, maybe somebody else ahead of them. But like the forward class was so good. There's so many good players in this class, and Benson being the guy falling to Buffalo is wild because they watched him a ton. Why? He's Matt Savoy's teammate. They know all about him. They've been watching him for two years now. So they knew everything inside out and backwards about him because, yeah, like they just everybody's watching Savoy and they're like, wait a minute, who's this, who's this teammate of his? This guy's incredible. Um, his, it, it's a pick where I, I think everybody kind of looked around and said, how the hell did that guy get there? Like, how, did, how does that guy fall? that far down the board like but like what ha- like what caused that to happen and i remember asking adams after i think it was after the first yeah it was after round one um we're speaking to him at the end of the day and i asked him i go what were you thinking when you started seeing a run on defenseman go and he just kind of like he was kind of surprised he was just like well he's like you know well we've got our board you know he, he's been saying the same thing all the time he's like sure. well, we've got our board we stick to it i'm like there's no way there's no way you thought a guy like that was going to be available at 13 because you're the whole time you're thinking like, well, he's at this spot on our board, wherever it was. I, obviously, it was it, it was somewhere pretty good, but wherever he is, you're thinking like somebody's going to grab him. Like it's just you know we got 12 teams ahead of us. Somebody's going to snag him, and that's going to be that. Nope, nope. And the funny thing with 
with him. And some of it might be, you know, recency, like new, you know, new hotness type thing. A lot of people who think that he might be better than Savoy, that he's actually a lot better than Savoy is. And his skill set that by the time he's ready for the NHL and even, you know, some people are just like, oh, you could go this year. And I'm like, well, he ain't going this year. Like, that's just, they're not going to do that. Right. Um, Unless, unless he's so good at trading camp that it's just kind of like, well, all right, well, he's got to go. We got to get a look at him. We got to play him. Um, I find that. I don't think that's going to happen, but I mean, they're open to anything. That's, that's a good thing about the Sabres. Now they're not shutting people down before, you know, before they're even stepping on the ice. They're they're just kind of like, well, you know, Hey, if a guy forces his way into it, then we're good. Like, cool. Um, But he's, there's a lot of talent there and we watched him during development camp and you, you can't glean a lot from development camp. It's like three practice days and then the three on three tournament, which is basically the guys trying to, you know, one up each other with, you know, with highlight moves and, you know, trying to do cool shit, which I always respect. Um, but also trying to win games, which, you know, good. Um, there are some things I noticed about Benson in that, that day as the, as the day wore down and like they were getting into like the, the games where it's like, okay, we could actually win this thing now. He just went from like kind of like all right, it's highlight time to being like, oh no, we're gonna win now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he just went, he went into this into this spot where he was um, he was uh, harassing uh, Ryan Johnson you know, again, first round pick from a few years ago, a defenseman. He just absolutely harassed the hell out of out of Johnson and stole the puck from him, and it turned into like the go ahead goal, and they're in the game against them, and like it was like the playoff the playoff round and it's kind of like oh well <laughs> johnson's a pretty good defender what and benson just you know got him all turned around and tied him up in knots and took the puck away and then made a tape to tape pass from basically the the side you know, the half wall across the ice to a guy that's by himself like okay and again it's a three-on-three tournament Take it for what it take it for what it is. You know, so, some guys look really good because they've been playing in a pro league, Novikov, and some guys are just better than others. Like that's just the way it is. But I don't know, man. He's you know the, the size thing kind of put me off. He also looks like he's thirteen. Like everything about it, I'm just kind of like I don't know, man. Like I don't know. I don't Crazy know. these I, hockey players. How young they look, Joe? These first rounders. It's just well, they, they are. are. Well, yeah. I mean, they are young. I mean, you know, Connor Bedard's still seventeen. He turns eighteen soon. But like. It's Crazy. it's nuts. It's it's so I I hate it. I hate that the uh, the Matthew McConaughey line from from Days and Confused applies, but not in the the creepy weird way. It's just I keep getting older. They keep being eighteen coming into the draft. And I'm like, damn it! Like just, I get older. The they say it's like their age. parents are my age now, and I'm like, oh, uh, Jesus, oh, that's a great. So line. it's it's. <laughs> But I mean, he's good, man. He's he's really good, and I'm gonna be very curious to see what he looks like at training camp because he'll be there. Usually guys in his spot are there for like a week and then out they go. But I don't know. We might see him in a couple of preseason games because they're playing five games in a week. Right. In the preseason when it starts up. And like, you're going to have a different lineup like every night that week of just guys that are in camp. They won't do any cuts until like that week's over. So it's uh it's going to be really interesting because they got a, they got a lot of eyes to get on and, I don't know, man. It's there's a lot to his. There's a lot that there's a lot there, and it's very impressive. You know, um, 
I don't obviously know these prospects at all. So going into the draft, I like would bookmark uh, on the internet. I had a little folder, like about at least eight or nine different mock drafts, people, mm-hmm. other various people's mock drafts. And I went after the Sabres made their pick and not one of them had him going as late as 13. None of them. Like yeah. it was as high as five or six, I think, and no lower than 10. Like he was a yeah. top 10 pick in pretty much every single mock um, that I looked at. To your point, they're so young, not just him, all these kids who get drafted, yeah. especially in hockey. And you look at somebody like, say him, or on a bigger stage, Connor Bernard, you know, what's his name? Zach's going to have the opportunity, very likely, to to develop with the Sabres. As good as he is, as big of a prospect as he is, there's no rush to get him on the ice. You know, night one as a rookie. He's going to go through his progress, and and he's going to develop into, hopefully, a great player. You take Mm -hmm. a guy like Bernard, what is he? He's 17, right? So it's still 17. He turns, ah, when the hell does he turn 18? Maybe beginning of September. I don't know. It's a weird birthday thing. I don't know. Weight of the world. The, the rebuild of the Chicago Blackhawks is going to be on his shoulder. Just yeah. like in the NBA, when LeBron came into the league, you know, with, with, with Cleveland, like the weight of Cleveland and that organization and that city to some extent was kind of on him. Mm-hmm. And you see these guys. One thing, Joe, if I watch, if I watch Zach Benson highlights or Connor Bernard highlights, on the ice and they got their uniform on, they look a little bit bigger. These kids are special and they're playing against kids their age or whatever. That's one thing. You see them, like say in Nashville, when you're up there and he's on the podium and you're you know, within an air shot of him and these kids look so goddamn small. And then you start thinking they're so young and how much expectation and weight get put on their shoulders, man. It's just, it's crazy that when I look at things from that point of view, it's, it's just nuts to me. Yeah, I, I just had to look up Bedard's birthday just to make sure because I've been scanning through different stuff lately and I was like, there's somebody whose birthday is like in October and it's like, no, it that's that's uh, Fantilli. Uh, Bedard's birthday is like a week from today. Well, <laughs> so he turns eight, 17, 18 in the middle of July. So like... No different, 17, 18. Right, he's... he's, he's still He's a teenager that's going to be going into NHL camp and it's like, all right, buddy, it's up to you. Like, get, it, get her done. <laughs> I... If, if guys that are in this spot like him and McDavid and Crosby, like all these guys that, that come out that are, you know, they've been, you know, had exceptional status since they were 15 years old, like all this stuff, they know what they're getting into. And there's such pros at it now that it's a big deal. Like it's a big deal, but like they're, they're kind of ready for it. You know, uh, depending on the situation, I mean, he's going to have some good players to work with there, like some good role model type guys in Chicago, but it's, uh, it, it is a lot, but man, these guys have been coached up to be in this spot for, for years now. Still takes a, a level of maturity that most, oh, yeah. you know, beyond the physical mm-hmm. talent that these top tier kids prospects have, it also takes a, a incredible commitment to getting mature beyond your years to, uh, succeed most of us high school kids only give a shit about drinking and <laughs> skipping school and shit like that and this kid again he's gonna have the weight of an organization on him all right so back to the sabers yeah we're not gonna go i'm not gonna sit here and, and ask you questions about every single draft prospect we'll be here um all day but i do want to ask you about the second pick anton Wahlberg. um mm-hmm. a guy again that i know nothing about bigger guy certainly bigger yep. than uh than zach benson tell us a little bit about him because he's another guy that since the draft i've you know, I've I've watched and and read and listened to you and Chris Baker and Lance and a lot of people. You know, say Mike talk a lot of positive things um, about this prospect. So tell fans a little bit uh, about Wahlberg. He's uh, 
he's very interesting because there's a lot of there's a lot of skill there. Like there there's a lot of ability, and he's I mean he's already again we're talking about age age here. Like he just turned eighteen uh, a week ago. Oh God! Uh, and, but Crazy. he's six. He's six three, one ninety five <laughs> already. Like at seventeen, like ugh, Jesus. Okay, but I mean, there's there's a lot of skill there. There's a lot of ability, and like when you're that big, like you're gonna play a, a kind of a big man's game. And he's playing center right now in Sweden, but um, it it sounded like from from Jerry Fortin uh, after the draft was done that they they kind of see Forsberg being a winger just because of the you know the size thing and and how you know the smaller ice surface in the NHL and he, he might be able to his skills might lend itself better to being a winger so you know whatever it's fine you can have you could have twelve centers on your team they all know how to play wing it's 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 totally fine sure um there there you know. The fun part with guys that come out of Europe is that you'll you'll look up the stats and be like, that's not really impressive. Like, I don't see what the big deal is with this guy. I you, when you look at it and you see he had you know he had four points in seventeen games for for Malmo in Sweden. Like that's that's the men's team. Like that's that's the big team for their junior team. Twenty seven points in thirty two games. Like okay, all right, and also fifty three penalty minutes. Okay, so he doesn't take any crap. That's kind of the 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 guy you want to have to be part of this mix that they've got right now right a bigger guy not necessarily with it plays with an edge but just a guy who won't take any shit you know and can you know can be physical can do these things and also has a high-end skill ability so that's that's them identifying something that down the road that could be useful for them that you know we're talking you know maybe three years two, three years away because he's, he's going to play one more year in Sweden. Then he's probably coming over. Then he's probably going to play a Roch. He'll play a year there. And then, then it's game on. Let's see. Let's see what happens from there. But, um, but that's, but he makes a difference because he, you know, he's different from Benson. He's different from Savoy. He's different from Rosane. He's even different from Kalik. Like, and Kalik's not a small guy, like Kalik's six feet, but he, I mean, he's, He's he's a, he's a brick shit house. Like he's he's just a strong. He was NHL sized last year already. So, um, but but with Wahlberg, like he's actually big. Like he's you know anybody who's taller than me, it's like okay, you're big. Like I'm six one six two, and I'm just kind of like oh okay, buddy, all right. And you know, who knows? Maybe he gets an inch or two taller. Who knows? Like maybe time by the time he shows up on in North America, he's six five. I, yeah. I mean, Tage Thompson went from six foot to six seven in like two years. So things things like that can happen. But there there's a lot of skill there, and he's gonna he's gonna play like the you know the World Juniors and and stuff like that for Sweden. Like he's you're gonna see a lot of them over the next couple of years, um, just in in that scale. But uh. Yeah, I, I like. I really like the pick. I think he's. I, I'm very anxious to see how how his development uh, tracks because I think they. I think they might have got a real good one there. I, uh, I I love your point, and I agree wholeheartedly. Obviously, that as good as a guy like Zavoy is or, or Zach Benson, you can't have twelve forwards just like them. You know, you right. got to have guys who bring different skill sets, different size to the table. So, an intriguing pick. Sounds on paper like this was a, a fun draft, and uh, we'll see how things play out. Let's spend a couple of minutes talking about two veteran defensemen. Now, it is zero surprise that the Sabres went out and picked up two defensemen. Nobody, if you follow this team at all, is the least bit surprised about that. Right. Maybe a little bit surprising that they did it via free agency and, and not a trade because it was mm -hmm. widely speculated. You know, a bunch of guys 
potential um, trade candidates, but the Sabres went out and they signed two free agents, um, Connor Clifton, Eric Johnson. Let's let's start with Clifton. Tell people about him. And as you kind of we weave in between these two, I remember talking to you and a lot, and most people would said the same thing that priority number one was for them to find um, a defensive partner for for Owen Power. Mm-hmm. One of these two guys is probably going to fit the bill. Um, let's start with Clifton. Tell tell us a little bit about this guy. So he's uh, it's a classic Sabres move, which I'm very mad at myself. Uh, I didn't pay attention to when looking at free agents. He played for Don Granado uh, back in the U.S. Uh, U.S. development mm-hmm. team days. So that right away should have been like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna go for this guy. And if they don't go for him, that means Donnie doesn't like. You know, Donnie's like, mm, I don't think so. They ran out and got him right away. Um, this guy's gonna be a fan favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, Why he, he hits a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's phys- he's a physical player and he's not just like a guy that just hits people to hit people like you know, Risto was kind of good for doing that stuff back, you know, back in the day where he'd go and make a hit and suddenly he's out of position and it's a 3 on 1. Whoops. Clifton doesn't do that stuff. He's he's very capable. He's a very good puck carrier. He can make that, you know, the classic things you want to hear. He's a good puck carrier. He plays plays a, you know, an up-tempo game. Uh, and he can help start the rush with a, fir- you know, a good first pass, it, those things like that checks every box, but also he likes to hammer guys all over the ice. He had, uh, and I, I've been repeating this stat forever for like weeks now. Um, he had 208 hits last season, which was 23rd in the NHL, which is like, you're like, ah, big deal. Well, that's a hundred and 102 hits more than Matias Samuelson had in, in, Buffalo wow. and he was the Sabres team leader. Wow. Yeah. I, and Mati- I mean, Matias m- missed games with injury. So like, you know, keep sure. that in mind, but Clifton hits guys and he's, he, he, things can get a little bit, uh, spicy, uh, when, you know, if he catches somebody the right way, because there's been a few Bruins games where I've seen where he just, he just nailed somebody and it's like, Oh, here we go. Time, time to, time to get, time to get feisty. So, uh, he's, yeah, I, I think eventually he'll end up being the guy with power. I don't know that he'll start with him. Uh, I also gut feeling based on what Don was saying, we might see some interesting stuff with the defense pairs. He's got 10 guys to work with right now. So mm-hmm. there's a thou- there's a million permutations that he could work with. But, um, but I think Clifton's eventually going to be the guy to play next to power. I think, I think, but um I don't think he's going to start there right away, but uh, I, you don't sign a guy for three years and think like, well, there's our third pair, you know, you know, number six defenseman. You don't, you don't sign guys like that for three years and three years and, you know, 3 million plus a year. You just don't do that. Um, so yeah, I firmly believe that Clifton's going to, going to win everybody over the first, the first regular, the first game that he plays in a Sabres uniform, because he's going to nail somebody and the place is going to go absolutely bonkers. What about Johnson? Now, again, all alongside Clifton and especially Johnson, it should be noted that beyond the the, uh, the on ice talent that these guys will add to the roster, they're also winners. You know, yes. they they've been on championship team. Eric Johnson a couple two what two years ago, so he he, yep. he know he knows what it's like. These guys know what it's like to be in the playoffs and, and play meaningful games in in April. Something that most these Buffalo Sabers unfortunately have no freaking clue about at mm-hmm. all. So I mean that matters as well, but. Um, was Johnson a bit of a surprise? I mean, he was pretty open that he thought he would be returning to Colorado and they decided that they wanted to move on. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's setting all the right, he's singing all the right notes. He's yep. happy to be here. Um, he's excited about this organization. They're trending up. That's uh, 
a very common theme around the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about him too. He, uh, it, it, he's another guy that makes me feel really old that I've been in this business a long time. Cause I, I remember, I remember him a getting drafted number one in 2006. He was, he was the number one pick that in that year's draft. I also remember the night he was traded at one o'clock in the morning from St. Louis to Colorado. <laughs> um, that's like what, 12 it, years ago or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like 2010, maybe yeah. 2011. Yeah. yeah. It was something like that. But like, I remember that very clear as day. Cause I was, I think I was writing for NBC and I was like, all right, time to wrap up tonight. Wait, what do you mean? There's a trade. Oh, bullshit. No. Why is there a trade that this late at night? This is garbage. <laughs> um, but I, I recall that pretty well, but he's been as, as steady as steady gets through his career. I mean, you know, he helped, you know, he's part of the abs, cup winning team last year 22 um but he's had just such a solid career like forever um which is weird to say forever in that in that kind of reference but he's just been a, a just been a really good solid player good you know good in the room guy um you know it, the, the exact kind of guy like it, it's it felt like such a when they announced it i was like i don't know about that and i was like wait a minute no i get it and Kevin Adams kind of confirmed that because I asked, I remember asking him the other day about, um, you know, you had a Pozo, you have Gergensons, and like they're great for the room, they're great for everybody, but they're forwards. Eric Johnson's a defenseman, and like he can lend more of that insight to the young defenseman on the team. You know, Pozo and, Z- and Zemgas can do lots of things, but they can't talk about playing the defense position. They can't talk about like the intricacies and, and, and little things like that. Like they just don't know that stuff as well johnson can and he's you know he's a guy that's been that's had the pressure of being a number one pick you know he's you know he's had that that spotlight on him you know for for a long time he's kind of gotten out of the spotlight over the years he's gotten older but um but he knows what it's like and that's important for power and Darlene, honestly i mean they're both number one picks as well so like, he gets it he understands it and he just like i said he just plays a solid game you know he's he was pretty good at the pk uh, with Colorado, as was Clifton. So, you know, the horrible PK the Sabres had last year, at least we're going to get a little bit of help there. So that's good. Sure. Um, that might, that's going to matter. Yeah. Oh, it's, you could argue that it cost them the playoff spot last mm-hmm. year. Uh, that's a whole other discussion, though. Um, but he's just a, like, a, just like it, it, it was such a, it was such a smart decision or such an obvious decision that I, I'm kicking myself. I didn't pick it out because. I didn't think he was leaving Colorado either. So, because I mean, been there forever. Why would you, you know, there's no reason to leave, but it was, you know, he's captain of the team, the whole thing. And there's kind of like, all right, man, bye. See ya. You know, like he was captain for years until it was, uh, Landis Gog took over and all that stuff. But like, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's an interesting pickup. I know people are like, well, how's it going to help? I'm like, he's going to help. He's, he can still play. It's not like he's, he's coming in to just be the, uh, the old Wiley vet. Yeah. Now, look, man, a lot of exciting things going on with the Sabres, obviously. Some high draft picks to be excited about. Some, you know, you see guys like Kulik. You see a lot of these young guys looking good. Um, They add veteran defensemen to this roster. So there's plenty to be excited about. The one negative that's going on right now with the Sabres is a very unfortunate accident was Jack Quinn. Um, You know, hurt his Achilles. He's going to be out very likely anyway until uh, probably the end of December. the Sabres, yeah. Joe, again, going out and, and adding defensemen, not a surprise. Mm-hmm. Maybe not adding a forward, maybe a little bit of a surprise, maybe a little bit more because Quinn is probably going to be out for 
at least a couple months. Um, I, th- there's not much to say about the injury. It sucks. Yeah. He's a young ascending player. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, it is. It is what it is. It just um, it's an unfortunate thing that happens to sports. Yep. Um, Olafson has not been traded. That, that might be a surprise right now. Mm-hmm. You still think that's going to happen? And when it comes to Quinn's roster spot right now, do you think that? I'm sure there were a couple of guys they were interested in maybe and, and didn't pan out, but it certainly appears anyway right now that maybe it, it's cool. Like maybe it's a void. Maybe someone just goes into that spot. Like mm-hmm. Quinn's absence, if there is a silver lining and no one's going to go and play as, as well, probably as, as he did last year. That's not what I'm saying. But if there's a silver lining. It's an opportunity maybe for one of these young kids to uh, – to step up into that role. Do you think that's how it plays out? Do you think they get a veteran and what's going on with Olsen? Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll start with Olsen. I don't think th- I, I was pretty convinced they were going to trade him at the draft. Um, mm-hmm. and then the news news about Quinn came out and I'm like, well, now they're not trading him because <laughs> yeah. you're talking about a guy who, who I think when people were going to ask me who, who was going to break out for Buffalo this season, Quinn was going to be my pick running away. I was saying this three months ago. Yeah. Quinn's, Quinn's my guy to break out, you know, next season. You know, I was thinking like he was going to have a cousins kind of year and, you know, really bust out on the scene and people would be like, Oh damn. Okay. Cause all the underlying numbers are great with them, the whole thing. And it's really unfortunate. It's like second surgery he's had in three years. Like he had a sports hernia a couple of years back. So this is, it's such a bummer because the guy works his ass off. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a really hard worker, but with Olafson, I, I was I was pretty convinced they were gonna he was gonna be part of some deal, but moving the money around has been really hard for everybody to do. Like, and I know it's usually a casual excuse for for teams to do nothing. I don't know that that was really the case here because you know I love Victor, but man, the five on five numbers were rough. Basically, yeah. everybody he was on the ice with got worse when he was out there, and I hate seeing stuff like that. I hate saying it and. I mean, numbers are numbers are right there. Yes, 26 goals, 28 goals, whatever it was. That's great. But if it's coming at a detriment, you know, it's uh it's uh it reminds me of oh the the guy in the Knicks who scores a ton of points, but he can't he couldn't Julius Randle? Yes. He used oh, to he used to be in New Orleans. I remember because he scored a ton of points. He couldn't defend you or me on the ball. No, he's terrible. <laughs> oh, don't get me start on Julius Randle, yeah, man. Right. I'm still mad about that. So, man. so I mean, so I mean, Victor is, but like him, mean, he was in such a funk all last year, and then late in the season, he's getting, you know, he's getting scratched. Like they're in a push for the playoffs, and he's getting scratched. Like that's. You're gonna trade a guy, boy. That's as low as the value is gonna get. You know, you can just distract everybody and be like, "No, 20, 20 goals. He can do it. Like he'll help you out. He's great at the power play. Yes, true. But what's he gonna do the rest of the time?" And I think that's that, that's where that's that that's at right now. But he's got a lot of pride, and now this, you know, his spot was up for grabs in camp, as far as I was concerned. But now Quinn's spot is open as well. So now there's a chance for him to step up and take that spot. If he has, you know, if he shows that he's improved his, his two way game and that he that he can that he can work better at five on five, otherwise, it's open season for everybody. Uh, uh, Savoy, Rosane, Kulik, all these guys, all these guys are are going to be in the mix for it. If there is a free agent to go after, for me, it's Tomas Tatar. Uh, he I, full admission, he was on my Selkie ballot as one of the best defensive forwards last year. He scored twenty goals, I think, last year. 
basically the exact opposite of Victor. (laughs) (laughs) I, everybody that was on the ice with Tatar had better numbers with him than without, like he was out there with them. Everybody was better with them. And as soon as he was not with them, they did not have as good a numbers. So that tells me a lot. It tells me that he's, that he's a pretty good guy to have out there and he can help it work. But, um, but he probably wants a longer term deal. He probably wants, you know, uh, something that, you know, Buffalo is no longer a cap floor team. I don't know if you've looked at cap friendly lately. They are not on the floor anymore. They are very right. much near the ceiling. Um, and that's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. So, you know, they're, they're not, they're not the taking contracts off people's hands business anymore. Um, but it's, it, it's just, it, it's so tough because again, you like, I like the guy. Man, the numbers just scream. He can't like you can't put him out there. You can't give him the big minutes that uh, that you that you need for a guy that can score goals. Because if he's dragging everybody else down, boy, it's hard. But do you, yeah, do you, it's it's open season for the for both of those spots in the wing. Do you think it gets to a point where a player, you know, we're talking Olafson here, but maybe just a player generally speaking, where you are what you are at some point. Like you can only say. Right. Well, he can improve on being better in five on five for so long, or this guy can improve on the penalty kill. You can only say that for so long. At some point, right. you are what you are. Like, do you feel like we're at that point with Olafson right now? Like, he might go out, he might get you, you know, buckets of goals over a short period of time, then he disappears for a month. He's going to struggle five on five. Do you think that that's just who he is as a player at this point? You can you can live with streakiness like that. Sure. If, if you're produ- if you're able to score often enough at five on five and you know and just be a really solid five on five possession player like you can you can go through streaks like that jeff skinner is one of them like skinner goes through lulls sometimes where you're just kind of like this guy hasn't scored in a while then suddenly he's got 10 goals in in 12 games you're like oh shit there he is okay that's that's the guy um when when you're not bringing that other part of your game uh, it's just it's it's tough it's really hard and like victor's 27 now right that's what i'm saying he i don't know what he is the, uh, that's but, what he is this is what he is at this point right you think like he's yeah. not gonna change much you're not gonna see a a, yeah. a a completely different player let's just say they don't trade him and let's say he's in the lineup to begin the season you're not no. really gonna see much of what you've differently than what you've seen from him over the last whatever amount of years at this point, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I think the thought is, is that two years ago you saw a version of Victor that was stronger at that part of the game. Like he was he was, you know, uh, you know, doing a lot of work towards the front of the net, doing a lot of, you know, little things where it's like, okay, the the five on five issues weren't quite as glaring. Last season they stuck out pretty bad. Um, so I think there's the thought that they, they've seen the good version of him that like, let's get him back to that point because then, then we've got a 25, uh, guys capable of scoring 25 to 30 goals who is productive, who is helping everybody produce, who is getting it done because that's way better than introducing somebody who might take a lot of time to get ready or mm-hmm. you know, might not be ready for the NA. Like they might look ready in, in camp, but you get them. <laughs> You you get him uh, you get him into the NHL and you're going for a few games and it's like he ain't ready like we we gotta send we gotta send him back down like you, you want to try to avoid something like that but um but it's asking a lot and you're I mean listen he's gonna get a chance to prove it 
hundred percent. Now they could prove me wrong and trade them tomorrow. (laughs) They could just be like, Nope, we're done. See ya. But as it stands right now, like they're going to give him an honest chance. Cause I think they, they feel like he's earned that. And I don't disagree with that. I know he's the fans pariah right now. Everybody wants him. They wanted him gone. I think last, last January, almost maybe, maybe. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it is tough to teach an old dog new tricks, but some guys learn. So right. like Kyle Pozo went from being like a power forward scoring winger to being a guy who hammers people on four checks that plays the, you know, the, you know, that gets in the corners, gets dirty, you know, the, the classic lunch pail type of play. And then, you know, last season he scored 20 goals and was like, all right, yeah. Put him on the power play. You can get stuff done there too. And you know, some guys, some guys adapt, some guys can learn to adapt their games to do something new. But if, if you're trying to keep stuff in a square peg in a round hole, you're going right. to end up doing it probably back in Sweden or in the AHL or some or somewhere you don't want to be instead of the NHL. Let's uh let's switch gears here for a minute before we wrap up. In fact, let's switch sports I- I- entirely. Um, it, it needs to be said again. It's been a minute since you've been on the show, so some yeah. people might be new to the show and might not know Joe. While he covers the Buffalo Sabers and while he lives in this great city of ours here in Buffalo, Joe's not a Buffalo sports fan. Okay, we we have we've always. Referred to Joe, well, obviously you cover the Sabres, you're not a fan right. of nobody, that's your job. Um, when it comes to football, you, you're a Buffalo Bills watcher. We say that all the time on this show, you're not a Bills fan. So one of the reasons why I always like talking to you about Bills-related stuff is because I know I'm going to get a, an objective, unbiased opinion. It's not going to be slanted at all because you're a fan of the team. Anyway, right. it's been, and you've just been sitting back, I'm sure you've been seeing some of it. Training camp's coming soon. Thank God training mm-hmm. camp's coming soon. Yes. Well, like hold on. weeks away, isn't it? It is. Really it's soon. at the end of July. Let me walk that back a little bit, though. Real quick here. Quick little left turn. I I like training camp, but but then, as, as you know, I'm a summer guy, whereas you're more of a fall guy. Mm-hmm. I also hate it because, to me, there's two things in Buffalo that tell me summer is almost fucking over. Right. One is the Erie County Fair, and two is the start of Bill's training camp. Mm-hmm. So I'm not that excited because that means these beautiful days are going to be going away before you know it. But anyway, <laughs> it's cool from a football perspective. Thank God that training camp is coming because for the Buffalo Bills, what a tumultuous <laughs> offseason this has been. Well, maybe not. Some people think it is. Some people think it's a little bit power for the course. But man, you got... Not with the roster. <laughs> yeah, I want to get. I want to get your opinion as a whole on. I, I guess we'll call drama this off season. Man, you got Josh Allen. You know, without digging into his personal life too much, everybody knows him and his uh, his girl broke up at yeah. an inopportune time. Let's just say things went down unless you're at an inopportune time. Josh totally is yeah. single. Josh is taking that step from. Uh, a celebrity in Buffalo, you know, like there's a lot of Bills and Sabres players who might make commercials for like West Her Four. Josh right. is Hollywood Josh Allen now. He's a star <laughs> on a level way beyond just this region. There's um, there's Steve Tasker, and then there's Josh Allen now. Like, yes, great <laughs> analogy, hundred percent. Yes, he's past Steve Tasker mode. He's on his own level right now. He's dating uh, Haley Steinfeld, a, a well-known Hollywood actress. Anyway, again, I don't want to dig too much into sports life. My point was this. He's had a lot going on. He has said a lot. Um, he was on a podcast how long ago, and he said for, well, actually, he said the last two years, he really hasn't done much in the offseason. He lets his body rest and relax. 
and that's what works for him. Not going to question what works for him and his body. He knows better than anyone else. But anyway, so you got Josh again, Hollywood Josh. This all I hate saying that word, but it's true. That's that's kind of what he's been this offseason. Of course, you got Stephon Diggs on the field, one of the very best players in the NFL. Been with this team for three years, and he has rewritten the Bills' receiving record book in three years. Quite frankly, or quite literally, the best three seasons in the history of the franchise have all come from Diggs. Diggs was pissed off over that Cincinnati playoff game last year. Very well known. We saw the images on the sideline with him raising his arms. What he said, well, that's not been reported. And I guess who cares at this point? Anyway, no OTAs. Those are voluntary. Who gives a shit? But he 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 he's not on the field for day one in minicamp. We find out. That he was in town, had meetings. They didn't go well. Sean McDermott apparently told him to go home that day. Sean McDermott makes matters way worse. Fumbles the ball, quite frankly. I talked to Tyler uh, Dodd and Tim Graham about this. They, they, they say the same thing, too. Sean really screwed up that first day of that presser, you know, mm -hmm. saying that he was very concerned twice instead of just saying he could have. He made it a bigger story. Now, fans, yeah. of course, like who like to blame the media for everything. They blame it on the media. The media is creating this narrative where it was the head coach word for word was yep. making it into the story. Stefan's back since then, still has not spoken to the media at all. We still don't know what he's even pissed off about. It, it's made for fun content. It's made for fun speculation, but we don't know. Um, anyway, you got so you got Stefan Diggs drama. Who's he mad at? What's going on? How's it going to be in camp? You got Vaughn Miller, who who the hell, when he who knows when he's going to be back from his ACL. He thinks he's already back. I think the Bills are going to take it slow. Again, Josh Allen, all the shit going on off the field with him. Most of it good. Some of it maybe not quite as good. But anyway, what an off, what, tumultuous, like I said, offseason for the Bills. Camp did get her soon enough. What's your take on what's going on with the Bills? And if you were a Bills fan, does all this shit that I've just talked about, would it concern you? Or are you the mindset, you know what, once football starts, everything's going to be fine, and then they'll work their shit out, and you wouldn't be worried? I... <sighs> There's a, there's a lot there. I, I just went on it's, a rant. I wouldn't shut the fuck dude, up. No, I, I, dude, I understand. <laughs> I understand completely. Watching watching some of this stuff from the outside, like, right. I, 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 the, first, the digs thing. Let me start there. Um, the the stuff about OTAs. You know how I feel about OTAs and like the attention that gets paid to them. Like, right. It's like the pre pre pre-training camp who gives a flying shit dude that's right. like the draft guys get them integrated get them involved like that mm -hmm. should be development camp you don't need to bring everybody in for like you know what a week to hang right. out and run through like you know and just you know do walkthroughs and pads and whatever like no man like, i i get it like you got to make sure everybody's studying the playbook and stay just like oh i get it I get it because you don't, you know, coaches inherently don't trust players in the offseason. They're just kind of like they it's all you're always left to your own devices and they just want people to do their job. But man, I don't care, dude. Diggs shows up every season. Like he's in shape, he's ready to go, he's ready to play. That's it. Like he's in shape now. We see I see his Instagram. Yeah. Right. Like he was he was at the DeMar Hamlin softball thing down in mm -hmm. Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, he, looked, he looks he, fantastic. Yeah. Looks good. Like, I don't need him to do walkthroughs and pads, man. Like he knows the playbook. He knows, he knows where the patterns are. He knows, he knows the second that Allen rolls out, I gotta get, I gotta find a way to get, get open either deep or underneath for him. Let me ask That's you this, you know, you're a media guy, all right? You can, you cover the yeah. Sabres. Let's pretend you cover the Bills though, instead of the Sabres. If you're a media yeah. guy, would you have a gripe against him because he has not spoken yet about any of this and it's been months. If you're a media guy who covers the Bills mm -hmm. or do you not get, or do you feel like, 
It's not really a story or you just don't give a shit right now. Like what, what would be your take if you were covering this team? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be really frustrated that he doesn't yeah. talk like ever. Sure. You know, I think that would, that would bother me because it's like, there's stories to tell. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, and maybe, uh, you know, this, uh, maybe this doesn't help me, you know, blend in well with a lot of like the, the more old school lines on stuff, but I'm just kind of like, I don't need to badger a guy about being available, but like, you got to talk sometimes like that's, it's part of the job. And he's a captain. I get it. Right. And he's right. So like, from that perspective, I got to be like, dude, just answer some questions. Like give Marshall and Lynch answers. If you want to like just do whatever, like, I mean, just, you have to at least like do the part, even if you just totally mail it in and, and just answer like the, the worst ways possible, like just the most boring, you know, oatmeal style friggin' comment who whatever man just talk there's he has stories to tell like there's stories to tell about him which i'm positive everybody in that beat wants to tell you know tell mm -hmm. like cool stories about stefan Diggs because like it's got a like there's a cool story like his brother's a great defensive back you know like the whole thing like everything's cool like it's cool it's fun like this kind of stuff you want to you want to see talked about written about but he ain't having it so, you know, whatever. Like, we, I think we've come to expect this with receivers just in general in the, in the NFL. Like, they're just a different breed, man. Like, they just, <laughs> they just kind of do whatever. Them and defensive backs, uh, well, cornerbacks specifically, like, they, they're just kind of like their own. Like, they're just kind of like, whatever, man. Like, they're like goalies in hockey. They're just kind of weird. They're going to do whatever and just, okay, just, you know, don't, don't do anything to upset them, you know? <laughs> it's like that kind of thing, you know, just, it's the Keyshawn just throw me the damn ball thing, but you know, not with Keyshawn yelling, you know, screaming in a camera about it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would be, I wouldn't be like pounding my chest, you know, frothing at the mouth mad that he hasn't talked about anything, but like, I'd be like, dude, come on. Would, just, you just wouldn't, would, you wouldn't be writing, you wouldn't be writing scathing columns at this point, but you would be annoyed. No, that, that I'm not that it. type. Like I listen, there are many times in the past where I could have just like opened up both barrels on somebody and just decided to be like, screw it, man. I, I don't care. I don't care what the blowback is. I just don't. I sometimes with stuff like that, I look at it as like taking a pot shot. I ain't here for pot shots. Like that's, that's not right. how I operate. Some people do. And like, I mean, as long as you're doing it from, from a, not from a dishonest perspective, like if you want to like just rip on a guy for not doing like, you know, Hey, he's not doing like the team, you know, the basic things that a team captain should be doing, blah, blah, blah. Like just do your job. Okay. All right. Great. Like that. You can take that shot, but I don't know. So I, I it's, it's not, it's not really something that I look to do just to stir, just to stir it up. Like that. Right. So I'll never be a sports talk host, talk host on radio. I, I just, stirring stuff up for no good reason just to get people screaming at me like dude i hate getting yelled at like, i just <laughs> get out of my face with this stuff just like please just let me live my life but but yeah like but i mean just from the basic just the basic media perspective yeah i'd be i i'd be upset that he doesn't talk at all but like i know there's been lots of guys that have come through buffalo in the past that just either found ways to avoid or just flat out didn't like to talk i mean for the handful of years I was doing Bills games uh, for AP, I remember one time we tried to talk to Sammy Watkins after a game, and like uh, Sammy was like, "I'll be right back. I gotta go. I gotta shower." Like, okay, so we're standing by, standing in front of his locker, waiting for him. 
and somebody comes out and starts collecting his stuff. We're like, ah, he already left. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. See you later, bud. But you know, it's, it's things like that, you know, like Khalil Mack tried to sneak out when, uh, when he came in here with, uh, Oakland or Chicago, I forget. For, I, th I think it was with Oakland. Like he tried to like sneak out and like he got caught before he even got out of the room. I was like, dude, you got to talk. So, you know, had a big scrum, like right at the entrance of the locker room, which nobody likes. <laughs> nobody likes that. The players hate that stuff. But like, you know, he tried, he tried to, he just tried to get out of Buffalo without talking to anybody. And it was like, I don't know. Sometimes you just got to do the thing, man. Yeah, let, let me ask you one more question here. Is it fair to say that if you don't count injuries, look, man, injuries will take down any team in any sport. Right. You know, if they could cripple you, simple as that. Josh goes down, that's a wrap. You know, mm -hmm. the bills are done. You can say that with pretty much 32 other teams. Pat Mahomes, pretty much any, there's a player on every team. You're not going to win if this guy goes down, right? Not counting injuries. Is it fair to say that if you're a Bills fan and you care about this team, that your biggest concern could be if Stefan Diggs, if this is more than what we're hoping it is, let's mm -hmm. just say for the sake of this question, that whatever is going on philosophy-wise or something between Stefan and whether it's the head coach, assistant coaches, whatever it may be, that there's scars that ain't going to heal. And Stefan becomes, you know, really disenfranchised here and he won't say, or maybe at some point he does publicly ask for a trade or he's just, even if he doesn't, let's just say he's just not happy. He's not himself here. I feel like that's the one non-injury thing more than anything else that could really pull this team down because I don't think the Bills could win a Super Bowl without Stefan Diggs being who Stefan Diggs is because I don't think they have enough pass catchers beyond him that are good enough. Now, maybe if they went out and they signed DeAndre Hopkins, highly improbable, then maybe they could lose Stefan. But whether it's Stefan getting hurt or whether it's just him completely unhappy and miserable being there, whether he's vocal about it or he keeps it to himself, like, is it fair to say that that would be your biggest non-injury concern with this team this year? It it's gonna stick in my mind. It would stick in my mind until it was proven that it's not gonna be a thing. And, yeah. and if maybe it never gets proven to be like, maybe it's just kind of something that's always kind of hanging in the air. Like you know, the first time he he you know Allen misses him you know for some you know a pass that he's wide open for, and like it turns into like you know they they don't get a, a first down out of the play, and they got to punt it away or do whatever. You know something happens. So any kind of situation like that, it's gonna be zeroed in on immediately like any time mm -hmm. that there's there's a play like that and it, you know th that's one where it's it's kind of on the media but also like that's what the situation is too you yeah. know like if it becomes a thing like that because everybody's gonna have their eyes out for it they're just being like well let's see if, let's see what happens because lord knows i remember not all that long ago there were a lot of games where they just never threw to digs for whatever reason, like he just didn't get the targets. It was always, it was going on. It was either going to Knox or to Beasley or, you know, maybe somebody out of the backfield, whatever. It was just Diggs wasn't getting like right. the same kind of targets. And it's like, dude, that's your number one receiver. Like that's yeah. the guy you throw to all the time. Like I know he's getting doubled, but like, dude, you got the, you got the arm to like thread it through, <laughs> throw it through a keyhole, man. Like, come on. Well, but, Steph, I would agree with you. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, it would be it would be in the back of my mind, I think, probably all season because yeah. that I mean the blow up on the sideline at the, during the Cincinnati game, whatever was going on there, I think we all heard enough theories as to what might have been going on there. But whatever was happening there, that to me is kind of like oh somebody somebody stepped up to the quarterback and was like, like do your damn job, man. Like 
I mean, if anybody's going to do it on the team, it's either going to be the coach or your or your or the guy that's your your, your top whiteout. Like that's the guy that's got to get you focused, like to get you right. back on, back on the page. Like those are the people that I allow that I would allow the leeway to 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 have a word like, to be able to scream at scream at the quarterback is is either of those positions. Like whoever your main guy is that helps you win games, that guy can can just be like, dude, get your shit together. Let's go. You can do that all you want because that's probably also what your job is too. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's that's just the way it is. But everybody's gonna be keeping an eye out for this stuff. Like every every time, like he's not thrown to in a, like a big situation or you know, or they come up short, in a, you know, in a big moment or anything like that. It's gonna get hyper fixated on, and it, it's gonna be annoying. It's gonna be annoying if, if there's nothing to it. If there is something to it, though, then it's absolutely front page news. Yeah, for sure, man. It's um, I think it's the number probably the number one story, not just for training camp, but early in the regular season. If this team struggles mm-hmm. a little bit out of the gate, you know, how is that relationship between Stefan and Josh or Stefan and the coaching staff? I, I I think it's probably again minus injuries the uh the number one thing to uh to worry about. I want to before we get out of here, we're gonna get out of here in like three minutes, but a choose one segment. I like to do this choose one segment. It's pretty simple. I'm asking four questions, a little bit of fun here at, at the end. Yeah. Um pick one. Pretty simple. I'm gonna give you two choices. Well, actually, in three of these, I'm gonna give you two choices and you pick one. And then I guess the last one is just a, a straight up question. But just a little segment I like to and I call it choose one. So we're taping this on Monday. In fact, maybe an hour or so before WWE Raw is actually in Buffalo tonight. Um, let me ask you this. What match, what type of match do you prefer at this point? And again, this is choose one. The Royal Rumble match? And not anyone specifically. I'm just talking about a general match. Would you rather be in the crowd and watch a Royal Rumble match or a Money in the Bank ladder match? Pick um, one. Choose one. In the in a general, in a vacuum sense, it's the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah. Like it, it for me, there's there's nothing beats the Royal Rumble. Royal Agreed. Rumble is the coolest thing. I I mean, you know, most of the competitors that are going to be in it, there's always some surprises. Sometimes they sneak somebody new in there. Sure. I remember uh, a few years back when it was the when AJ AJ Styles showed up for the first yeah. time, was in the AJ. Rumble, and I, I'd been you know everybody had been hearing that for for weeks and weeks and weeks. They're like, dude, he's coming, he's coming. When's he get When's he gonna show up? And like, that's a dude I've been watching forever. Like doing yeah. you know indie stuff, whatever. So like when that music, like the theme song hit and everybody's like, what the hell is that? And then he comes out. I'm like, yes, let's go. Like it was, it's like those kinds of moments are so good. Um, not, Money in the Bank ladder match is cool. It's, it's still a ladder match to me though. Like I get it. Like Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank's a cool thing to like pocket forever, you know, for the whole year to, to try to get your, to get the title. That's neat. I don't know, man. I need the rumble. Like, like the, I mean, it, everything's goofy now because the rumble was supposed to get you like that, that earned you the, 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 the time to go to WrestleMania or got you a title shot immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's that stuff's kind of played out now, but like, it's still the coolest thing going. It's, it's just, it's, it's like a carnival really. <laughs> it's yeah, like, no, it is. It's just every 90 seconds, two minutes, whatever the hell it is. I mean, the clock's always, fuzzy time with the with the rumble but um but yeah it's i love it i mean back in the day my buddies and i we had a drinking game for the rumble which oh uh you'd pull, pull, pick names out of the hat and uh you'd you'd have to you'd have to 
sip drink. I don't know if I think they did shots or something. I don't know. It was reckless, whatever it was. And somebody <laughs> somebody had Kane the year he threw out eleven guys and they were they were in a bad way. <laughs> they were in a real bad way that year. Yeah, I um I, I'm with you. I, I think money in the ba- bank ladder match is actually more exciting in terms of there'll be a couple of wow spots like holy shit. And some yeah. Royal Rumble matches turn out to be duds, but still the anticipation when you don't know who's coming out until someone comes out, mm-hmm. I, I would go for it for the same reason. Funny you say carnival, more on that in a second. Um all right, all-star game. Would you rather choose one? All-star game, baseball or hockey? Hockey today, three out three style. Mm-hmm. I guess baseball. I, I the baseball all-star game got ruined for me when Bud Selig just kind of shrugged his shoulders and was kind of like, I don't know what to do. Everybody's out of pitchers. Like, jackass. Like, just hated that stuff. And then they made it, the game counts. Like, it just totally soiled everything about the baseball all-star game. It's still yeah. the coolest event, I you know, for me, because it's just guys from, from both leagues. It's great. Like, you just get to see all these top guys. But, like, even now, like, it's sanitized with like they got like american and national league uniforms now just let the guys wear their friggin' team uniforms like they always did like it's you have these teams have some of these teams have like five different uniforms to wear yeah. don't you want to sell more of them i like, agree I, just from a marketing sense like you want to sell more like you see otani wearing some like random third jersey that you've hardly ever seen whoa that'd be cool to have i want to get that Duh! like nobody wants to buy an all-star jersey get lost i uh I'm with you, man. I, I would say baseball too. It's not what it used to be, but I kind of reflect on being a kid and being young, yeah. and it was my favorite thing. I, I couldn't wait for the All Star game. I used to vote every year, send in the ballot. It would be so much fun to uh, to do. It was one See, of my favorite things. The tough part is like the hockey one. I should be like pumping the pumping the tires for it because it's going to be in Toronto next year. Yeah, which, <laughs> you know, I already know I'm going to be going up there for that one. So that's cool as hell. Like I. Last time I was at an all star game was in Raleigh, North Carolina back in 2011. I think it was. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was, that was really fun to do as just like just to be there for that whole thing. But you know, they've tinkered with it so much and done so many different things with it. It's kind of like bleh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan anymore either. But I, w- I also would say uh, baseball. Right, two more here Major League Baseball home run derby or NBA slam dunk contest. Mm. This one was tough for me. Yeah. I know both are really cartoony now. They are. Like don't like aren't the baseballs that they use aren't they like like totally different from like game balls? Like I, think, I think I think think so. I think they're slightly altered. I think so. Right. So I like it's kind of like whatever. I mean it's cool as hell. Uh, you know what? I th- I I think I got to go home run derby cuz the dunk mm-hmm. contest has been kind of whatever in recent years i know the one this past year was really good yeah but there's there's but it's rare when you see a great one right it's just a giant swath of time where i a have no idea who won b like i just like didn't care about it like just like there was four or five guys like these are the best dunkers i'm like cool but i grew up watching dominique wilkins and michael jordan have yeah like like battles like they're two of the best scorers in the in the in the league like doing crazy i mean it's not crazy looking now but like doing stuff that you're like oh man it was at the time it was incredible to watch sure i'm with you and i agree um like when when guys like lebron and kobe were just like they do it one year and it's like oh wow that's so cool and they're like i'm not gonna do it again why 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 not like i'm with you they're both cartoonish you made a great point i probably would lean baseball too i I would have no disrespect 
to the basketball slam dunk contest and some of the, the guys who do some really cool shit, but mm-hmm. most of these guys are bench guys or guys that most fan, yeah. the casual fan hasn't even heard of, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who just won it isn't even in the NBA. Right. You know? So I mean, right. baseball, I mean, is, man. At least like, baseball for the most part, most of the big names will do the home run derby. So that alone right. is exciting. And sometimes a guy will just get in a groove and start crushing them. Mm-hmm. So I would give the edge to uh baseball as well. Like, it's just, Man, like I, I remember, like when D Brown won it and Cedric Sabalos won it. Like Sabalos did it with like the blind, the blindfold. Yeah, they could, couldn't see the hoop. All right, buddy. But like D Brown doing the, well, I guess he was the first guy to do a dab, but also you know pumping up the shoes, yeah. the whole thing. Like that was, that was cool. But like you look at the other guys that were in that co- competition, there were some star players in that that just, just didn't. I mean, they didn't cut it, or like they just didn't do something as cool as cool enough to to be able to win it. Like, but now right. you four or five guys are like. That guy, like the 10th man on that team's bench, like what the hell's going on here? And not even just that. Back in the day with the slam dunk contest, if you f- screwed up, you were done. Where now they do it with a clock. You could do the same dunk five times in a row. You could screw up the first four times you got the clock. You got mm-hmm. enough time to do it right, and they still will score it as if it was your first attempt at a dunk. Yeah, that part is kind of stupid. I don't hate that part, actually. I, I much rather see a guy get judged for something that he actually makes than just, and, oh, then, you bricked it. Oh, well, buddy. Right. Later. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. All right. Last one here. You mentioned carnival earlier. It's carnival season, lawn fade season. We talked earlier in the show. You know, you were at uh, Taste of Buffalo this weekend. I was at Queen Abbott Lawn Fate. What is your favorite carnival food? Like, if you go, I don't care if it's the Erie County Fair, Taste of Buffalo, whatever it may be, whether it's a carnival, some kind of exhibition, somewhere where you go where there's a shitload of food, something that you got to have, whether it's a a dish, whether it's a dessert, something that like, if you go to the Erie County Fair, for an example, you don't want to leave without getting this. So your favorite carnival food. I think you got to get a funnel cake, right? Like you can smell those things like a mile away from the fair. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can just smell those like fried dough, funnel cake, whatever it is. It's they're basically the same thing, aren't they? Yeah. Um, either way, like it's, I mean, you who cares about healthy? Like nothing's healthy. You eat at the fair. Every, everything is, everything will yeah, kill you if you eat a ton exactly. of it. But, um, <laughs> but I, I don't know, man, like I can, you can smell the fried dough and the funnel cakes getting made from, from a mile away. And like, that's, that's what hooks me every time where I'm like, all right, I got to have one fine. Just, just give me one. Like just, I'll, I'll have it. But then you, you have like two bites and you're like, yeah, that, okay. That hits the spot. Cause it's just the right amount of greasy. Um, it, and it's just, you know, it's, kind of crunchy kind of soft kind of greasy like it's everything about it is bad but it's so good yeah mine i'm gonna go with a cannoli like yours too but i go with a cannoli i mean that's something i i don't know if i mean to know they did cannolis at the fair really oh yeah they they definitely do (laughs) i also haven't been to a fair in like 25 years so well (laughs) <laughs> you got some great great way to end the show because like we talked about you've been really busy with hockey but you got a little bit of downtime this maybe this is the year where you go check out the Erie county fair and go uh maybe. go walking well, around there and as long as it's not 100 degrees out then, then yeah. <laughs> all right that is going to do it for this episode by the way tomorrow's show i'm gonna have anthony marino from buffalo rumblings thursday gonna be live uh from imperial buffalo sabers pregame postgame host on msg uh brian duff is going to be with me. We're doing that show live. Of course, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to Noted Hockey. Subscribe, five bucks a month, man. Like I say all the time, you you, you can't go wrong with that. Joe does um, great work. Follow him on Twitter, at Jill Yurden. 
doesn't get into it with fans quite as much as he used to, which is a little disappointing to me. I used to like when you go at fans more, but you kind of been a little bit, uh, well, maybe they've just been nicer to you lately. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like when you go at them, though. It brings fun for me. But I... <laughs> listen, the, the, I, the older I get, the less I want to fight with people. Like the more I'm just kind of like, just be Not cool. Everybody relax. <laughs> I know some people get way more crotchety. Like I'll bitch and complain just the same. But like, no, I just no. Please just be be cool. all right guys i will talk to you like i said i'll be back brand new episode anthony marino joins me from buffalo rumblings tomorrow talk to you soon it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.